Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Horrible Bosses 2, directed by Sean Anders and released in 2014. The plot goes something like this. Dale, Kurt and Nick from the first Horrible Bosses film have quit their jobs and started their own business. When they are tricked by a wealthy investor, the trio decide to attempt a harebrained kidnapping scheme. Or kidnapping scheme. Um, also, can I just say that, like, I watched both... We watched both of these movies this week. We watched Horrible Bosses and Horrible Bosses 2 this week. And Jason Sudeikis has gotten much handsomer in the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> has he? He really has. Like, okay. in the first movie, I was like, he's not handsome at all. And in the second one, I was like, he's frequently quite cute. Anyway, that's completely unrelated to the movie. Mm. I just kind of, it was suddenly something I thought of. Because uh, we were okay. talking about how he's married to Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway, let's talk about Harold Bosses too. Um, yes. So, uh, we both in, like, this weekend watched both of these movies within a few hours of one another. And... This is a controversial opinion, but I think the second one's better than the first one. I found the second one much, much funnier than the first one. Yeah. I laughed in the second one frequently. I laughed in the first one never. I think I, I see the first one I had a, got a couple of laughs. There are a couple of really funny lines and like kind of, it's kind of sharp and the actors are good. Like, if you want to take a class in how to do physical comedy, watch Charlie Day. If you want to take a class in how to play the straight man, watch Jason Bateman. So, there is some, yeah, but that's Jason Bateman's whole career, right? Uh, the the first except for Teen Wolf two, <laughs> the first movie though, like it's got a couple of redeeming qualities, but because basically a third of the storyline is rape jokes, mm. like there's a whole big chunk of the storyline that's about rape and sexual harassment, and it's just awful and really really unpleasant. It really ruins the movie. And the I also second want to one point out that um, doesn't have that. Yeah, I also sorry. I also want to point out that the first one, they never talk about actually killing Jennifer Aniston's character. The whole point of the first one is murdering their bosses, but at no point do they actually even attempt to murder Jennifer Aniston's character. It's really weird, huh? Because they, they, they do a whole thing where they break into the other two's houses, but they never break into her house. They never actually get to the point of murdering. Like, Because the whole point of the first movie is murdering mm. the three Yeah, bosses. I think they sit outside her house for a bit. Yeah, but that's it. There's yeah. no like actual kind of investment in it, you know? Mm. It's never actually – actually, the, the murder part of that movie is very small. The actual kind of plotting out murders part mm. – takes up maybe 15 minutes of the movie yeah well i think it's sort which of, is one of the reasons why i think this one's better well yes because they actually if they do a crime that you can sort of believe that they'd actually go for yeah mm. um also when i was watching the first that there, there is one I'm sorry, I did laugh once. There was this moment when Jamie Foxx is talking about how they should kill each other's bosses, and I went, like, strangers on a train, and then somebody, one of them went, like, yeah. strangers on a train, and then I laughed, but only because I'd said it first. Right. Yes. I think that's – the first one's kind of – it kind of relies on its movie references and its slightly funny dialogue. I think it, it – like, it's trying to coast by or something. And I don't know why, though, but it, it got all this attention when it came mm. out. There was so many people saying it was great. And it was kind of you, a sleeper hit. Yeah. And if you look at the Rotten Tomatoes rankings, it's like a 60%. And this one's like 30%. Mm. I think if you... It's I so think much better. Horrible Bosses is meaner. Yeah, that's it. Horrible Bosses is really mean. And the bits that are good from it are what they've done in the second one. And the bits that are good from it are when it's the three guys, when they're goofing off, like... Mm. 
and hanging They have around. good chem- chemistry, which yeah. I think lent to the yes. popularity of the first one. Yeah, they have great chemistry and the best bits of them goofing off anything involving any of the three bosses. Like Colin Farrell's character is just disgusting and you don't even want him on, on screen. What they do to Jennifer Aniston's character is freaking awful. Like it's just horrible. Yeah, but what she did – to yeah no she sorry Charlie no, Day no, yeah, yeah, sorry no sorry the way what she's given to do is awful oh sorry sorry yeah, yeah no what what they do to, poor poor Jennifer Aniston is stuck with this character who is just like she and and they really sexualize her hold up because Jennifer Aniston when she was making the second one made apparently exactly one request which was don't hold back so I wouldn't feel too sorry for Jennifer Aniston in this particular situation uh, since she seems to have been keen very on much in on the joke okay well. But, like she was just an awful, awful person, and Horrible. you didn't want. And but all three and of them were awful. Funny. And Kevin Spacey was awful too. Like yeah, but none Kevin of them- Spacey was having fun, and he was kind of yeah. funny in his awfulness. Yeah, like, th- but I didn't like spending time with any of them. No, I didn't either. But I think Kevin Spacey, out of the three of them, got the best kind of role because he was really kind of a. He was so awful, but kind of funny in it. Mm. Um, he's great in this one too. He comes back yeah. in the sequel in jail, and he's fantastic. Like I actually liked him better in the sequel. Yeah, but that's the thing is that he was playing off a – I think the roles are much more defined in the second one as well, which I think is good. Um, mm. The first one, all the guys were kind of in the same position except Kurt was disgusting womanizer and Charlie Day is Dale. <laughs> I should refer to I him don't remember the name, see um, And Dale is um, – is, like, I just felt bad for him the whole time. Yeah. Because they constantly mock him for the fact that his boss raped him and consistently harasses him in really nasty ways. Yeah, it's awful. He's been through some. It, it's terrible what he's been through, and they just make fun of him for it. Also, the whole f- t- time I was watching the first movie, I was like, you mean horrible employees? Because at the very least, both Nick and Kurt are horrible employees. Mm. They're because they, I mean, they they do plot to kill their bosses, which makes them kind of horrible. But they're also kind of jerks. Mm. Whereas in the second one, like Kurt was definitely the jerk, mm-hmm. and then Nick was like the sensible one, which he isn't in the first movie. He's very on board with the killing mm. right from the beginning in the first movie. So they define them as much more kind of yeah. rigid roles in the second one. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a lot better written, and I think that. I noticed in the first one, there's three screenwriters and there's an and, A, N, D, and an ampersand. And you know what that means. Like, that's a Writers Guild thing that the and, the ampersand, I think, means they collaborated together. And then the and means the other person is the script doctor. It's generally, a, if the more ands and ampersands in the na- the writer's names, the more problematic. And that one's three writers, one of which is for John Francis Daly, which I'm pretty sure you were about to mention. Um, who sweets from bones? Yeah, he's um, in the first one as well, and he got all the attention for it as well. Um, but the second one, he's not involved in, and there are yes, two two writers, Mm-mm. neither which is him. Nope, that is that is not what I saw in the tra- in, the credits, in the credits. There are two writers. I watched and the credits, and there were four writers. Is John Francis Daly? There were only two. It's- Hang on, <laughs> let's look it up. I could have sworn it had four writers and one of them was John Francis Daly. I didn't watch the credits in the first one, okay? I put this movie oh, on. Oh, shit. This is bad. Okay, so <clears throat> characters by Michael Markowitz, story by John Morris, Sean Anders, and John Francis Daly, and Jonathan M. Goldstein. Screenplay was two people, John Morris and Sean Anders, the director. Okay, so I was, we were both right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, but he wasn't the screenwriter in this one. Right. But I don't know. I don't want to lay the blame at his feet. But it's different. There's a different director. There's definitely different people involved in the writing. It's, it's a little bit more traditional in a lot of ways, which yeah. might be kind of. I think 
if I'm going to put a f- my finger on why the first one did well with critics and this one didn't, there's two reasons. One, not enough women are critics. And two, this one is more traditional. Like, the, they are more defined roles. The script is much more kind of um, traditional heist movie kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas the first one was more, it was much more mean spirited, but it was also kind of more focused on just kind of zaniness. Yeah. And I think that's something that people might have responded to a bit is that, like, I, I think a lot of critics and a lot of people like things that are a little bit less prescriptive well, in I guess, how they do yeah. things. And when you're a critic, you see, like, movies every day, so you probably see a lot of boring crap. So I can sort of understand that mindset. I also like the villains way better in this one. And, yes, one of them is Chris Pine, who is your favourite <laughs> yeah. Chris. But also one of them is Christoph Waltz, who's always good value. Yes, he is. But also, I, I seriously, I was watching Chris Pine in this whole movie. Chris Pine is awful. He's an awful person in this movie. But and I was grinning every time I watched there's it. This fa- yeah, and there's this fabulous stuff with, um, like, Charlie Day is telling him how good his acting is to- at the end. And... Look how blue his eyes are when he cries. That moment made me so happy. I know. I heard – I could hear you laughing. And also, like, I, I – you know how I feel about Chris Pine when he's a little bit beaten up? I, and Chris Pine beats himself up in this movie. Okay. And I was frequently like, I bet he did that to make himself look even better. So sometimes I pretend to be a professional film critic and take my notebook to movies. And I took my notebook to this one. And I've written, beat up Chris Pine. Because I'm like, Katie loves beat up Chris Pine. Is <laughs> one do. of her favorite things <laughs> in the whole world. Is Chris Pine slightly beaten up, even if he is beating himself up? Yes, it's it's completely true. <laughs> that was something that I was like, wow, he beat himself up just to make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I'm such a terrible person. Um, but uh, yeah, no, but that's the thing. He's so funny in this. He's really good. Like he plays this terrible person, like just atrocious. But they still like him. But but. Unlike Jennifer Aniston, Tommy Lee Jones, and um, I'm sorry, Colin who? Farrell, Tommy Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Unlike those three in the first one, particularly Colin Farrell and Jennifer Aniston, he's like there's a there's a sympathy to him as villain. Like he's got he's very good and well, he's think- lo- enjoyable in the role as villain. And and I think there's a bit of that with Kevin Spacey in the first one, in that he really like chews the scenery and relishes being a bad guy. Yeah. Um. Also, his wife is played by Julie Bowen in yeah, the first yeah. one um, and, you know, really gets the short end of the stick with her role because, you know, she's a slut who sleeps around uh, like all the women in the first movie, apart from Charlie Day's saintly wife who gets more to do in the second one as well. Yeah, well, and actually, the, second, the women in the, be- in the second one come they don't, out much better. Yes, they do. It starts off like I'm, I would... At the very beginning, like Chris Pine brings in the British secretary and, and then they're the first two girls they hire in their factory are like you know, hot chicks with no resumes. But then they hi- then they hire, like, the woman who doesn't speak English. and In between the two hot chicks. And the two hot mm. chicks are Kurt, which, to be fair, is very much and his he, character. Yeah, and he's he the fucks nasty up one. both movies. Like, he fucks up the main plot of both movies by being distracted by girls. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it is in character for that to be yeah. the case, even if it makes him gross and unlikable. But that's kind of the – that's – kind of the point and the first one it goes really easy on jennifer aniston's character who is equally lecherous and disgusting right mm. yeah anyway and but i think the second one it doesn't she's not just lecherous she is a straight up rapist yes she's a it's like a disgusting person right? yeah and the, but the thing is the second one seems like it's going better and then it has her rape him again 
She raped him while, well, yeah, he, while was he was in a coma. So, like, like it's not better in the sense that, like, they, they sort of mm. go, in order to make up for this perceived slight, she rapes him again. Mm. It's not funny. Like, mm. it, it's so awful. Yeah. And they make rape jokes in the first one about Kevin Spacey going to jail as well. Yeah, like, and they make rape jokes in the second one, but just not as many, which is yeah. why it's a heck of a lot more bearable. Mm. Yeah, and oh, something else I was going to say, but I can't remember what it is off the top of Something about how they treated Jennifer Aniston's character. I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to come back. She to is it. a little bit because it's. It, she goes to sex addicts meetings, sex addiction meetings. Yeah. So she's a little bit less. The, yeah. The idea is that she's at least recognised there's a problem and is, well, at least someone has recognised there's a problem and has tried to get her to get help for that problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of other things that I liked about this movie. Um, the, one of the things I did like about the first movie was um Jamie Foxx's character Mother. Jones, yeah, who is so funny because he, like, in the first movie, he's giving them all this advice on murder, and it turns out he bootlegged a movie, and that's why he went to jail. Yeah, he, well, he subverts a lot of stereotypes about the m- mystical black criminal helping the white guys thing, yeah, which is really funny. Yeah, he is, and he's he's actually pretty funny in it, um, and and he got his best moment in the uh, gag reel of this movie, which was when he. <laughs> He can't remember. He he he. I don't know if he actually can't remember it or he pretends, no, he pretends not, to, not remember to be able to remember his line. his line. So this poor white woman has to read this line that's like very very heavily black slang line. <laughs> <laughs> and she, he goes, "I just like hearing you read it, and it's so funny." Yeah. The the actually the gag reel stuff was very funny. It was well the ga- the thing is in the first movie the gag reel was the funniest bit of the whole damn movie. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, that's that was the best part of the whole movie. Yeah, and that's when you can see the chemistry between the actors coming out particularly well. Mm. I mean, it happens a lot in the movie because they argue a lot. And then um, there's this moment, I think it's Chris Pine says, you guys actually do fight all the time, it's great, which is kind of the whole sort of point of their chemistry is the way they kind of argue with each other. Mm. And Chris Pine kind of fits into it quite well. Like yeah. when he is working with them, he kind of slots into the chemistry kind of pretty well. Oh, he fits right in. It's wonderful. Yeah. And him trying to, he makes this little face in the credits when he's trying not to laugh. That oh, because laugh. the two of them are behind him imitating every bit, every like cho- acting choice he makes. And he cannot control himself. He does his cute little face. Yeah, when he's like, I, I want to get a freeze frame for, for the show notes, but I mean that was the, the uh, that was the impetus for us even seeing these movies. Like, it was basically a choice between Exodus, Gods and Kings, the super racist movie, or Horrible Bosses Two, the, the super very sexist movie, super sexist movie with Chris Pine in it. <laughs> yeah, and also Keegan Michael Key is in the uh, opening scene, which I think was one of the things that kind of made me soften up on the movie almost immediately. I, I because the first one mm. is quite racist, and Keegan Michael Keegan Michael Key is very. Uh, race aware comedian yes and, and calls actually, them out on it yeah and he calls them out on it very early on um and so it kind of yeah that made me forgive it a little bit more straight off the bat yeah also he's funny and he was funny in the opening scene yes i uh, i have to agree with you on the opening scene i watched it and i was like already this is better than the first one i know I'm, I'm not feeling uncomfortable i'm not feeling dirty for having watched this and they they were actually funny when they were on that s- s- couch yeah. and you know dale is l- awkward and doesn't know yeah, again, what they, to say they pull out a lot of the best stuff from the first one which is the the chemistry between the three of them and putting the three of them in like under pressure situations which is what it does best yeah and and i think also dale actually makes 
He's a little bit uh, worse in this movie, which makes it better. Because in the first one, I was always sympathizing with him. Mm. Like, all he ever tries to do is the right thing, and everybody is awful to him constantly for it. Yep. He never, in the first one, he never does the wrong thing. At least in this one, he kind of does the wrong thing occasionally. Mm. um, And that messes things up for them. Because in the first one, like, he tries to save a guy's life and gets in trouble for it. He tries to uh, complain about his boss sexually harassing him constantly. And and they just make fun of him. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I I just feel like I'm constantly on his side in the first one. Yeah. And, like, why are you all so horrible to him? At least in this one, he kind of gets to play up being dumb a bit and they're so dumb oh my god <laughs> the number of times where you're just like why don't you just do this instead of this stupid thing that you are doing An unnecessarily complicated thing that you're doing in the first one uh, right colin farrell what do they find in his house giant bag of cocaine tell the cops you don't have him as a boss anymore i know <laughs> right and then in this one Chris Pine has got, um, spoilers, he kills his father and then he's got his father's blood on his pants. Yeah. And they tell him, which, okay, like, that's that's part part of the shtick of them being completely stupid. Right. But then he takes, he swaps his pants with Jason Sudeikis and Jason Sudeikis puts the other pants on. I know, he could have just gone in his underwear. He would have been fine. (laughs) Like, why do you keep doing stupid things? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, that's kind of the farce of... The, the rules of farce is that you just keep upping the stakes and doing dumber and dumber. Th- like, that's kind of... Yeah, it. the car chase was cooler in this one, too. Oh, way better. Way, way better. Because the sort of the only conceit the car chase had going for it in the first one was that he was driving in the wrong way down the road. Mm. And that was it. And that, that happens in one little part of this one. But it's way better because they're actually trying to get the cops to chase them. It's, like, hilarious. <laughs> and um, Jamie Foxx's character, like... He does this cool thing where he goes in front of a moving train and he's like, now that's how you get the cops off your tail. And they're like, um, we actually wanted the cops on our tail. And he's like, back it up. <laughs> and he's got a, a thing for his kittens in the back of his ute. <laughs> Lose at one point. And then he's like, and they're like, we're stuck in here. He's like, no, we're not. Um, and he drives through the gate. Pickup and- truck for Americans is a ute. Oh, uh, yeah. So, and then there's this bit where he drives through the gate and takes the whole fence with him. And that's brilliant because it subverts that one of those really common car chase tropes where they just drive through a gate and everything is fine. Yeah. Oh, God. And then the, the falling over the bridge, being saved by the fence, and then, like, getting dropped. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's much. I, well, I think that's a testament to how much more money they had for this one because the first one, all of the money went to like Kevin Spacey and Colin Farrell and um, probably Jennifer Aniston. And you could tell because like uh, there was another moment in this one where they go to a golf course and yeah. I was like, I, w- I seriously went, they have money for exteriors. <laughs> and they did like some really awkward product placement, or actually kind of brilliant product placement where they. In both the v- probably the VW and the Toyota, where like his seatbelt doesn't work, he's like, goddamn Toyotas. And then there's another bit in the VW Passat that the seats go back and they're like, oh my god, these seats are the best. And it's, it, I think it was product placement, but I don't know. Like mm. they were just mucking around in the car, and it was, <laughs> and it was could have been product placement. It could have just been them being idiots. Like, the- sorry, I just remembered there's a line in the in the first one, which is you were drag racing in a Prius. That made me yes, laugh. yes, yeah. All right, that's another one where I got the line like two seconds ahead of them actually saying it. That did make me laugh. Now I'm suddenly trying to remember where I know the cop from this one from. But anyway, <laughs> the cop from the first one's from Bones, I think. Yeah, I don't remember who the cop from the first one is. Oh, I really, he's, oh the the he's, he's the black guy from uh, Michael J. Fox show. Seriously, I put the first one on and then just ignored it. 
like just listened to the jokes and stuff for a while because I was like, I just can't cope with this movie. And it was so I don't like mean spirited movies, and I think yeah, you're the same. I really I don't. Um, mean spirited humor doesn't make me laugh. I coped with it better than Jelly did. Jelly really hated it. Still, I when I watched it because I was like, oh, I got to review this, but I no, I did not enjoy it. I know. It. I went into the second one with such dread. I really mm. went in expecting to hate it, but at least get some nice, you know, food while I was hating it, and a nice <laughs> chair to watch it in while I hated it. But yeah. I didn't hate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a total shock to me that I didn't hate the second one, and I laughed so much more often than I thought mm. I was going to. I, I didn't really – I thought Jason Bateman kind of got the short end of the stick in this one because he has to play the straight man so, yeah, sort of so straight. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't get to crack a smile very often. Yeah. And so it kind of breaks the chemistry until he's in on it. And that that was a little bit kind of unfair to Jason Bateman in a way. Kind of, but it also was necessary for the dynamic. Yeah. Also, there are a lot of Jasons in this movie uh, who made Bateman. No, no, no. But there were like seven Jasons in the credits. I was (laughs) counting because I was bored. Jason's a super popular men's name from the 70s. So, Mm -hmm. you know. I just thought it was. There were more Jasons Jasons than Chris's. Oh, good grief. I know. And there was a Chris and a Christoph playing father and son. I I even counted both Chris's. There were like five in the credits and seven Jasons. (laughs) Yeah, I know Jelly, when I was going to see this one, he's like, oh, you're going to see it because Chris Pine is in it. And I'm like, never. And then it, then his next question was, is Christoph Waltz count as a Chris? And I'm like, dude, that's like counting Christian Bale as a Chris. Please, uh, please. You can definitely tell there's a lot more money in this movie. Yes. It um, looks so much slicker. Well, and it's so much better written. Like, they've put some time and effort into the script. I think we're alone on that. But, like, that's kind of the whole point of running this podcast is to put, like, feminist critic voices out there. I know. But, but I, I, you know, still, now, I think like, it's not just better because it's more feminist. Yeah. I think it's just better. But that uh, also humor is so subjective. And this is the problem with ever talking about comedy movies. Because, I mean, we loved 22 Jump Street and a lot it was of people great. didn't like it as much as we did. Yeah. Um, so I think humour, I think for me... But we loved both Jump Street movies. Yes. I think for me, humour, I, I like humour that's not mean. I like, um, I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, that's mm. my favourite comedy and, on television and, at the moment yeah. because it's never mean-spirited. Yeah, and it's just... Apart from Hitchcock and Scully. Well, uh, yeah, it has, it runs exactly the same pattern as Parks and Rec, which is also never mean-spirited except for Jerry Gergich. Um, it's ended by the same people. And I'm the same. I really am attracted to non-mean humour. Yeah. And I don't – yeah. Uh, and and I, actually, to be I fair, know. I mean, I occasionally like black comedies, like um, um, Arsenic and Old Lace is a black comedy, right? That's black humour. That's dark humour. But the thing is, Arsenic and Old Lace, again, isn't mean. Mm. It's dark humour in the sense that, like, um, they, there's old ladies constantly killing people. Yeah. But it isn't – mean to the old ladies or it isn't it doesn't mock the old i think people get mixed up between what black comedy is and what is just mean because <laughs> horrible bosses was mean it was just yeah. mean spirited to so, everybody sometimes it? i think they just try and copy the things and not the spirit like the letter and not the spirit of earlier comedy they think this is black comedy i'll use that template but the thing from the template they use is just the things you know so-and-so killing so-and-so having this happen and they haven't quite got the spirit <laughs> correct i'm trying to remember if there's any movies that i i particular that i actually like that has all horrible people in it i don't think there are any yeah I, and i'm not good with movies with all horrible people in them either which is i think one of the first one kind of just grates yeah exactly the only person who isn't horrible in the first one is is dale and he's beat up on so badly that you're just it, like would you stop yeah whereas this one like kurt's horrible like and and um Jennifer Aniston's character who I Julia yeah that sounds yeah, right. right who 
you know, it was awful in the first one, so it kind of carries through. But there's, I don't know, there's a, they're kind of fun, like, and they make fun of Kurt for being such a jerk. Mm. And the same with with Chris Pine. Yeah, but even Kurt has his moments of not of of slightly more sympathetic moments in yeah, this one. Yeah, and his funny moments and like the bit where they come back to the car and he's playing Shag, Marry or Kill with the Brady brothers, with yeah. the Brady bunch. Well, but that was obviously um, an improv. Yeah, because they did a whole bunch of them that they put in the <laughs> God, gag reel. funny. It was very funny. Oh, dear. And that was obviously the kind of the – it was the edgiest one that he did out of them, so that's clearly why they put it in the movie. Yeah. Like, the other ones were funny, but some of them were more surreal, like Snap, Crackle, and Pop. <laughs> so I would have put that one in the movie because that's the most surreal. Yeah, I like surreal humor better as well. Yeah. I, I I often will just die laughing at something that yeah. is quite weird and surreal but while the, everybody the, else is like, it's not funny. I'm like, it's hilarious. Yeah, the Brady Bunch – thing though i mean it kind of plays into that character's slightly yes slight homophobia so well that actually the there was much less homophobia in this one than the last one because when they suspect nick of being gay they're like oh yeah we've got a gay friend yeah but also i mean the bit where he does the bi symbol oh my god like that (laughs) was kind of nasty filthy humor but it made me laugh it's a brilliant sight gag it is, and it's, it, but it isn't. But that's the thing; it isn't mean. No, no, not at all. It's, They're it's, like it's kind of nasty, we're but ex- not mean. We're excited that you're bisexual. Yes, yeah. Whereas the first one was much more homophobic, if I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, it really was, and particularly Kurt, because there's a scene where he's staring at this attractive young ass, and it turns <laughs> out to be a young. Actually, I, didn't I nearly think said that was that ass. homophobic. Because I don't know why. I, I don't know. It doesn't. It's not accent. so much that he like he he doesn't say anything. He just kind of well, yeah, looks up and it's a guy and, and he's like, "Oops!" and he puts. Yeah, the, and I thought that it was a, no. It's not bad at all, and it's kind of an interesting scene because he's kind of like, huh, "Maybe I do like guys," but um, there yeah, there is a lot of prison rape jokes and other horrible things you're also doing something the, um the um thing that i thought was going to happen in this movie which probably was kind of wishful thinking on my part was so not at all the thing that actually happened in the movie does it have to do with chris pine being tied up because that did happen yes because right? in the posters it's <laughs> chris pine tied up. tied up and it says bait and then the target is christoph waltz and i was like christoph waltz is in love with chris pine i yeah it turns out they're playing father and son yeah but we Oops. do get a tied up chris pine and a beat up chris pine so you know no, but it, i just thought that like he was the bait because they were luring him. Like, oh, yeah, because he's an him older in. gay man. And yeah, they exactly. Want, yeah. That's that. I don't know why, but I looked at them and I was like, "That's it. That's it." That definitely makes sense. <laughs> I think it's also partly because of Dor- Surrender Dorothy, which is um. I'm not watching that. That's freaking. Te- I haven't even. I'm not. I just not. Surrender Dorothy. I actually live blogged that. Live blogged that because I had to share my pain <laughs> while I was watching it. It's this Diane Keaton t- made-for-TV movie from a few years back, and it's before Chris Pine was famous. And uh, he plays a gay guy in it, and there's a line in it. And this is true. This is a drama. It's not played for laughs. Where he says, "My brother died," and Diane Keaton says, "Oh, I'm sorry, AIDS." Because he's gay. Because yeah, yeah, it's just Pine's terrible. Just the, it's the worst. <laughs> line from any movie I've ever seen, I think. It's just so, so awful. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I did watch Trading Places this week, and that has a lot of uh, the F words in it and things like that that was pretty nasty. Oh, right. The yeah, other they F are, word. That, that F word, yeah. The, the pile of gay F word. Yes. God bless the 80s, where they yeah. could make a movie about how um, how terrible racism is with super sexist lines in it and women flashing their boobs all the time. It was actually pretty good, but, you know, it was really sexist. Yeah. Um, so... Yes. Well, you yeah, know, if we hated every bit of entertainment that was sexist, we'd never like anything. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. 
Anyway, uh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Horrible Bosses 2, which was a lot less nasty than Horrible Bosses 1. And a lot more fun. A lot more fun. Way funnier. It would be really fun if they could, like, you know, let women be funny. Because they cast a very, very fun- funny woman as Charlie Day's wife. Yeah. Leslie something or something like that. From I've seen Sabrina her the Teenage Witch. Is she? She's the best friend from that. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I, I think I've seen her in some other things, like sketch type things and stuff yeah, lately. She's, a, she's an excellent comedian. Um, but yeah. Lindsay she, Sloan. Oh, so close. Yeah, she is. She's great. She does a lot of comedy and stuff. And she gets a little bit more to do in this, although it is mostly just acting outraged yeah. that her husband is around. Uh, and oh, I the, think- the first time it was so sweet because Dale's just like, I always wanted to be a husband. And I was like, that's so cute. I know. That's isn't so he nice. adorable? Like, why, is, why are people always so mean to him? He's He's such a sweet kind of character. He's adorable. Yeah. Whereas in this one, he's so much like he's the one who is dumber and, you know, all that. Mm -hmm. So so they kind of play into that a bit. Like everybody has their more subscribed roles, but it also means that it's not just one nice guy who's constantly getting um, like mistreated by two horrible, horrible people who are awful. Because he actually gets so caught up in it that he, you know, forgets about his wife and children and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So he, there's a bit more of... He's got a bit more agency in doing But also this. he's the one who tells, you know, who well, – but in the first one and the second one, they run through the joke of, here, catch the gun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which I like. But it's just y- a yeah. funny moment. You, you were right about the – it is a very boys' own adventure kind of thing. Well, it's- like they're all boys and where they have talented comedic actresses, like Jennifer Aniston is a good comedy actress as well. They don't really – like she's can only be funny in the context of being a Her whore. sexuality. Yeah. And um, it's really un- unpleasant and uncomfortable. They could do, they c- could let some, like you could easily, one of the three, like one of the three of them could be a woman or you could have one of your bad guys is a woman or yeah. they could have kidnapped a woman who was uh, One really of the bad guys is a woman who isn't. Masterminding it. Who isn't a man eater as the first one. Yeah. So like there is that aspect to it, but. With the guys that they do have, they are very funny and very entertaining. I think it's kind of the epitome of male gaze or of male – like everything is is filtered through this male perspective. Nothing, absolutely nothing is even looked at outside of the perspective of men ever. No, because the wife is like a nagging wife and the she boss- isn't. No, I don't think she's a nagging wife, but I, I think she is like very much a kind of devoted – wife mother doesn't do anything else uh, yeah, she's no, nothing outside of that context she's only a wife yeah that's that's all she is she doesn't get to do yeah. anything else but and I, don't, then- I don't think she nags particularly her her, no. her complaints in the second one are perfectly just yeah she has like triplets baby triplets and her husband is like wandered off and forgotten to tell her where where she is and doesn't and come then she walks night. in on him talking about having sex with another woman yeah. i think she's justified it yeah like i don't ever feel like she's nagging it's just that all she is is his wife that's yeah. her whole and jennifer anderson's character all she she is is the man eater. Yeah, exactly. All she and all she ever talks about ever mm. is ever ever is sex in very very explicit terms, and that's all she does. Mm. There's no she has no. I mean, this is an accomplished dentist here. It's not like she's not a smart person who hasn't done other things with her life. I know, and yet literally all she does is talk about having sex. Mm. Um, so it is and and very inappropriate. And she, oh, the first one when he comes in and she's naked. Blah. Yeah, hate hated. I couldn't watch that scene. I had to like, like look at something else while that scene was. I was like, I was like dissociating so with things like, how is that coat not moving? So yeah, tape. Yeah, double sided tape. tape. But yeah, it, it just I couldn't. I couldn't stand it. Yeah, all the and the second one's a little better on that front. Yeah, 
Although it does also throw in some racism with his sexism with uh, Chris Pine's maid. Oh, yeah. And then... Super racist. Yeah, but then he has the temerity when um, Charlie Day starts doing a Latino accent. And he's like, dude, that's super racist. I'm like, you just did it to your maid. Ew. Oh, yeah. I think that... I think that was like the time where he was actually... You could tell that he was the bad guy because, yeah. No, I, I think that was actually uh, ad-libbed. Ah. I have a feeling that once... Uh, I have a feeling that the stuff that he did in the scene with Kim was scripted. And then once he gets in with the boys, they have a lot more ad-libbing when they mm. talk over each other. And that's one of the ones where they're all talking over each other. So uh, I think that that was him ad-libbing and the other stuff was yeah. him being – so it's actually a disconnect between what the actor thinks is funny yeah. and what the script writers think, of, think fair, is funny. Fair enough, yeah. That, no. That's how it strikes me because what yeah. he is doing is that in that is the one guy is scripted and then everybody else is just kind of talking over him. But then, then you also are like, well, he's playing the villain. He's playing a bad character. So – Part of how they show he's a bad character is by showing that he is racist and yes, horrible. But the the that role was racist. That was clearly not that woman's accent. Mm. She was putting on a particularly racist accent. Yeah. Which was so weird. Problematic, but frequently funny. Whereas the first one was problematic and very, very infrequently funny. Yeah. Pretty much. So, shall we do ratings? Should we yeah. rate both? Yep. Um, so I'm two stars for the first one and probably three for the second. I would go one star for the first one. That's being pretty generous. And um, yeah, three for the second. Fair enough. Okay, so you have been listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to listen to our podcasts or see our show notes or whatever, you can go to silverscreenqueens.com. Um, if you would like to find us on Facebook and like us and follow all the things we talk about, um, you may find us on Facebook as Silver Screen Queens. Um, you can tweet at us at screen underscore queens, and you can find us on Tumblr at tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. If you would like to read my review of Horrible Bosses, Horrible Bosses 2, and all the other movies that I watch, uh, and there will be lots of them in December because I'm so far behind, you can do that at... Uh, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com yeah silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com I can't remember my own address all the other ones I'm fine with them they're my own I don't know um, thank you very much for listening we will see you next week bye bye